Hello, Red Shirts, and welcome to another episode of Follow Me and Die. I'm your host, Larry Hamilton, and today I'm going to talk about what I did last month at the Yukon Gaming Convention in Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan. But first, I do have one call-in from Ivy the Happy Whisk about my last episode back in October, where I and my granddaughter talked about our little freeform role-playing game, Dragons. Take it away, Ivy. I loved, loved, loved your granddaughter. It was absolutely fantastic. I love that she was distracted by the colors. <laughs> and her dragon can do anything it wants. Is it me? Nope, it just eats people and animals. Ah, fantastic, Larry. Really good, really good. Thanks, Ivy. I'm glad you liked that. She really likes to uh, record things on the computer or record videos on my cell phone or take pictures on my cell phone. As most children are nowadays growing up with the technology, she's got it all figured out and certain things I'm sure she can do better than I can. Next up, I'd like to give a shout out to my patrons. I have five patrons currently and I just want to make sure they know how much I appreciate them. And my patrons are Glenn Robinson, Jason Connerly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Justin David Russell of Epic Work Studio, Tim Schwartz of Gothridge Manor, and Tokage. I just want to thank you all for supporting me and helping me in my efforts to put out a monthly PDF and my podcasting and blogging and working on my card game and all the other things I do. I also want to give a shout out to all the Patreons that I back related to role-playing games. Dyson Logos, if you need maps. Dorks of Yore, currently working on The Dreams in Gary's Basement. I'm not sure when it's going to be out, but what I've seen so far looks really good. Devin Rue, for a different style of map. Satine Phoenix. Questing Beast. Wizard Thief Fighter by Luca Reyes. Tabletop Audio. Ray Otis. TJ Drennan. And Thought Eater by Jeremy Frothsoff-Smith. And before I get into today's topic, we'll have a brief word. So Yukon 2019 ended Sunday, November 24, and it's December 6th, and I'm finally getting around to talking about what happened at Yukon. In my last post on my blog before today, I talked about what was on my schedule, and also on my blog today, I'm releasing a companion post where I go into some details. Thursday night's always a great night because that's where you see everybody you haven't seen since last year or the last con that you were both at. And of course, Thursday night I met up with some friends and almost right away I met up with Laura Perkola and Clayton Williams and they invited me to join them in a pickup DCC game that Brendan LaSalle was running. And it had a hard start time. So we decided while we were waiting for the start time and trying to round up some more players for that, that the three of them would play my card game because we had a lot of interruptions 
uh, the most important of which was ordering a pizza, which to me was critical because I was so busy with getting ready to head out that I didn't have lunch. And so with all the interruptions, we didn't complete the game, but we had enough that Laura could see how much it had changed since the last time she played back when I, the third game I played at UConn a couple UConns ago. And then Brendan had a DCC scenario that he was testing that he's planning is hopefully going to be a new module sometime in the future. And I don't remember if he said a specific time. As I recall, it was more of a if it was accepted sort of thing, but it was a lot of fun. We had the three of us, Clayton, Laura, and I, for the first half, and later a husband and wife showed up and joined us at the halfway point, and uh, we got through that. I stayed up way too late visiting with friends in the lounge. Oh yeah, I room with Ryan Thompson, or RJ Thompson, at cons, and uh, we were sitting there talking, and uh, I'd forgotten about that till just now. Some uh, inebriated guy comes up and had seen his jacket that had a nice patch on the back, and he started talking about Dungeons and Dragons, and he repeated the same story I don't know how many times, and that was one of the reasons that I didn't get back. We didn't get back to our room until about two thirty, and it took forever to fall asleep. I kept waking up, and anyway, I was way tired and slept as long as was practical before I had to get down to get some breakfast before my morning game, where, of course, I ran Village of Hamlet. And Village of Hamlet was the first game topic, or first module, I ever ran at a convention at Marmalade Dog here in Kalamazoo back in 2015. And as I was preparing, I realized I had forgotten to grab my first edition Dungeon Master screen, that had the combat tables and turning undead tables and saving throws on it. For some reason, I no longer had the PDF on my Dropbox or my Google Drive, so I thought, no, no problem. I'll just get on my DriveThruRPG account. Since I had purchased the PDF through our DriveThruRPG, I can just download it again. But that didn't work out. Evidently, I discovered a bug that I need to remember to report that wouldn't let me pull it up. It did not have the link that you see on the desktop site that says, you've already got this, download it again. And for whatever reason, I couldn't get it to come up in my library. Thankfully, a player in the game had the DMG on his tablet, and when I needed to refer to a table I didn't have, I could use that. And I had all the players in the game sign my player's handbook. That's the one my parents gave me for Christmas back in the year it came out. I had all the people in the played at Gary's house sign it. I've had Gary's sons sign it. Sadly, I have not had Gary or Dave sign it. I've had several other TSR alums sign it. And for running AD&D games at cons, I have 18 characters that I created using a form-fillable PDF character sheet that I got online. And I update them, so I've got them for like second level, third level, fourth level, so that whatever level of game I'm running, I just grab the sheets for that level and away I go. Players had a great time. I started them at the gatehouse instead of the first time I ran it, having them start at the edge of town and figure out where to go and then barely get to the gatehouse before the time runs out. Most of my roles were in the party's favor, so things such as surprise, finding secret doors, etc. worked out well for the party. 
and they did not manage to come across the big bad and his minions. But they did find the ghouls that are down there, and it was a near-fought thing. The best fighters were getting paralyzed, and they just weren't hitting the ghouls. So in the end, they bested the ghouls, and we were out of time. And in all the different combat, there were several times that they got knocked down. And I have always played AD&D where negative 10 is death. But they got stabilized before that. Prior to the ghouls, the clerics were able to give them enough hit points to have positive hit points. But I handle negative hit points like my brother Robert from back in the day. That if you get knocked to negative hit points, that's a big deal. And the player is unconscious for one hour per point of negative. And that forces the characters to figure out how they're going to handle that. Are they going to try to lug around an unconscious person? Or are they going to hole up and wait till they wake up? Several characters in the ghoul fight went into negative hit points and were getting pretty chewed up. But they did manage to overcome the ghouls. They ended the game obviously pretty chewed up, but they did find some nice treasure. I didn't keep track of all of it, but I doubt that there was near enough for nine characters to level. But it was a good time. And that was... Friday morning. Friday night, at the same table, I ran Boot Hill. And my Boot Hill game was a sequel to last year's Boot Hill game. And so last year's Boot Hill game, a posse for the school marm, as soon as it was over, all the players asked for a sequel for next year. So I brought a sequel called Meanwhile, Back at the Ranch. Because after they got all the rewards for the bad guys last year, they decided to buy a ranch together. And that went well. We did have two of the players from last year. I was really hoping they could all be there. And they brought their character sheets. The group played well and smart. And they rolled really well. But the thing is, the rules for Boot Hill 2E are very light. And I wasn't using an option that would have made the gunfights last longer. I made the big bad tough, but not fast enough. And the players, of course, rifled through the pre-gens and got the fastest characters. And I forgot how well I had rolled for some of the scores on those pre-gens. Yes, I rolled it myself. It's one of those, why can't I roll that well when I'm creating my own characters? But we did have a lot of fun, and there were requests for another sequel. So I'll have to scratch my head on that one. Uh, there's not a ready-made scenario out of that like last year, but I'm sure I'd come up with something. And I closed out the day at the bar, but got to bed a lot earlier. And I was able to sleep in because I didn't have my first scheduled game until... 8 o'clock on Saturday, but at 2 o'clock on Saturday, I got into Macchiato Monsters, ran by Brett Slocum. I had a play games all weekend pass, so it makes it really easy to slip into games that have openings. And I'd never played Macchiato Monsters, and I'd never read it, but it is described as a cross between Black Hack and White Hack. I've played Black Hack, and I have both 1st and 2nd edition Black Hack, but I've never seen or played White Hack. And I love the amount of freedom that it has in your character creation. It requires your players to be creative because you have to choose a self-defined character within the parameters set by character creation. And it was a fun time with this full table and we all played like a team. And we ended with a whirlwind wrap-up by the Game Master as there was way more module than time would allow. But we did get a great feel for the rules. And it's much more reliant on role play. But the dice do come into play and matter. Creativity and an open mind are really key, and I'm definitely intrigued, and I'm looking into picking up both Macchiato Monsters and White Hack. And just as a note, White Hack is only available on Lulu and does not have a PDF, so for White Hack, you have to get a physical copy. And then later Saturday night, I playtested the card game. I've had lots of playtesting of the card game at 
two game stores here locally, two Gary Cons and two Marmalade Dogs, and now two Yukons. This was the first time I had a playtest on the official schedule for a convention. And it was also the first time I'd ever played in the board game area. I've strolled through it just to see what was going on in prior years. And there was one person pre-registered and two other players for the first round of playtesting. And one player, the youngest, was in his 20s. He left before the first hand was finished. He wanted to go join a game one of his friends was running. I guess it started at 10 o'clock and so it was in the middle of the thing. Okay, whatever. But then one person walking by, we invited to join in on the second game. He had a good time. We did play that to the end. The consensus was they all liked it. But, as often is the case, they felt it needed something more. The big thing was that this game lasted nearly an hour, which is quite unusual. But that's because the end condition for the game is dependent on how long it takes for a control card to come up twice. And in this case, it came up very late in both halves of the game, which that is possible. There's so much of this that's dependent upon the randomness of the game. And so, of course, I understand the suggestion, but it runs the risk of either breaking something that works well or making a very simple game more complex than it needs to be. And what I find interesting is that about half the players who've played it like the rules as is, and the other half want something more. So I've got some ideas for how to have two ways to play the game. A simple rules for the default and a full rules option. So in the current rules, each card does one thing. And that's the strength of the rules that keeps them simple. And the challenge is to add rules and options for some of the cards that will not break the game or make it overly complicated. Another good thing is I finally honed the elevator fit. I've also honed the elevator pitch for the card game. Basically, each player is building their own army in the midst of challenges. And the player with the largest army, that is the most points, wins. So I had great feedback from people who play a lot of games. And one of them also designs his own games. He has a World War II War in the Pacific naval simulation that I and another player from the playtest played after time was up for the playtest on the schedule. And it was a lot of fun. And it does need a bit of polish. I look forward to seeing it again next year. And the guy that is a game developer, he has a game partner who stopped midway through our World War II game. And they're working on a space combat game that they have playtested at the conventions for several years. And they've even had it at Gen Con. And they had a game slated for the next morning and invited me to join. And I was very intrigued and I decided to show up Sunday morning. So the space combat game is called Star Blast. And this playtest was their last playtest prior to publishing. And so their plan is to put the rules on drive through RPG to get it out there and then do a Kickstarter to make the board game with all the different bits. So for drive through RPG, it would just be the rules and the sheets for filling out the ships. And then you have to come up with your own map and pieces. But they use Excel to make the ship sheets. And each ship has sensors, power, shields, weapons, and so forth. And in my way of viewing this, it is it just reminded me of the original Starfleet battles from the mid-80s. I played a lot of that back in the day with my brother Robert and our friend Daryl, and that took forever. This game is kind of like that in a sense, but not as complicated, and it seemed to play faster, and it relied on minis. Well, I guess we did have minis in Starfleet battles, um, but... 
One player and I were space pirates out for resources, and the other team of two players represented the system with the resources. And we had a railgun battlecruiser that the other player ran, and that was our flagship. And I had a torpedo cruiser and a beam cruiser. And they had a carrier with two fighter squadrons and a frigate. And our ships had to head outclass theirs. When it came to roles to determine turn order each turn, we won almost all of those, most critically the first several. The first turn, we elected to let the other team go first so we could react to them. And so then they moved and we tried to move in and find a clear shot. The map, as you can see on my blog post, I've got pictures. There were lots of asteroids and gas clouds that limited the effectiveness of longer shots. And because I had the torpedo cruiser and beam cruiser, I wanted to be proactive from the beginning. So I moved to intercept and fired on their frigate, and I got a long-range hit. The carrier moved to a certain range and released fighters, and it got behind the gas cloud, and the fighters and the frigate did some damage to one of the light cruisers, but damage control repaired it. And then our side, we tried to focus on the fighters because they had a tough punch with their torpedoes, trying to take them out before they got back to their carrier. And so we managed to hurt the fighters a bit and hurt the frigate a bit. A few shots on the frigate and it had fires. And the designer said since a fire in space could easily be put out, he said it's just shorthand for like a cascading system failure. And the damage control rules required a certain roll on a D6 to repair something. If you failed to repair it, you could try again. Or the roll could reveal to the damage control party that the damage is more than can be repaired. Basically, it's busted. The problem with fires is if you don't put them out, there's a chance they spread. And that's what took out the frigate of our opponents. It had a lot of fires, and because it didn't put them out, it caused a roll to see if there was another fire, and of course there was, and finally it just was the end of that. And my torpedo cruiser took a few hits as it went in to help our battle cruiser against the carrier and the fighters. The battle cruiser just couldn't line up the killing shot on the carrier. We did manage to shrink a fighter squadron, but the weapon on the carrier plus the speed and torpedoes of the fighter started fires on my torpedo cruiser, and those fires multiplied until it was weakened enough that it basically just fell apart. We reduced the fighter some more, and then time ran out before we could line up fatal blows to the carrier. Our side won the scenario because we had the most ships remaining. The frigate was no match for our ships and was better suited to screening the carrier than trying to face us. And the fighters, with their speed and torpedoes, were killer if the carrier was in a safe position to launch and then recover them for rearming. The fighters also had some sort of beam weapons but had to be in close. And I had a lot of fun with that. I would not really played any sort of miniature battle since the early 90s. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this released. When I know more about it, I'll be sure to mention it here on the podcast and on the blog. So I said my goodbyes to those who left before I did. Then I joined some friends in the lounge to chat for a couple hours before I decided I better head home before dark. I really didn't want to leave, but that's just the nature of things. They come to an end. But I'm really looking forward to next year, and I'm just looking forward to have another good time because it's always a good time even if you're in a bad mood or blah mood when you get there and just get started it just changes your whole outlook i recommend people go to cons and just get together with their friends 
that face-to-face -face interaction is just wonderful. So that's all I have for today. I'm not sure how regular my episodes are going to be here on the podcast. I'm going to do my best to try to have something regularly, but I'm not going to promise that at this point. This is my crazy busy time at work, and I will do what my time and energy level allow. A lot of times my creativity is gone because I've got to use all of my capacity of creative thinking to solve problems that are complicated and difficult, and I don't have any energy left to be creative after that. There's that. I really thank you all for listening, and I look forward to hearing from you. Tell me about your favorite con and the last con you were at. What do you like best about gaming conventions? To get more of my thoughts and opinions in the realm of RPGs and games, check out my other sites. You can find Follow Me and Die at my blog, followmeanddie.com. My podcast is here on Anchor and is syndicated in many other places. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes, please leave a review. I also have a YouTube channel devoted to various RPG topics, like my series Roll20 for the Absolute Beginner. You can find me on various sites where you see my social media avatar by the amazing Satine Phoenix. Check out the social page on my blog to locate me across the various social media. I also contribute to Multiverse.World by the new TSR. If you like the podcast and the other things I share online, there are a few ways that you can support my efforts. First, tell me and tell others. Just getting the word out is very important. Consider backing my Patreon. Patrons get a vote on what PDF I publish next on DriveThruRPG. I have over one dozen and counting RPG-related PDFs on DriveThruRPG. You can also support me by using my link to Amazon. When you make an Amazon purchase, a small portion of that goes to me without increasing the cost to you. I'm also working on a card game that I plan to kickstart in 2020. You can find the sign-up for the announcement mailing list on my blog. I also have a Teespring store where you can get a shirt with my logo by Satine Phoenix. I hope you all are having an awesome day. Thank you for listening, and game on.